University presents Backbone of the Band, The Drummer. Why would anyone want to be a drummer? Drumming has a super long history. It was the first instrument. Is it primal that we need to hear it? Or is it primal for some to have to play? Can it heal your soul? Or is it just the beat that holds the music together? Listen to Deborah Fingston and Michael Bruce Thompson put their heads together and beat out, yes, I said it, the answers. Making bands within the law around hypocrisies. You told his heart it had to think, his brain to learn to feel. How to make the three chord trick, have the power to heal. Episode 5, Percussive Epilogue. Hello, and welcome to Episode 5, sadly our final episode in Penny University series, Backbone of the Band, The Drummer. I have enjoyed this immensely. My name is Deborah Fingston. I um, have been honored to be, uh, to be allowed to do this podcast from Penny University, this series, and I get to sit across the table and gab um, with Michael Bruce Thompson. As a matter of fact, we were supposed to start an hour ago and yeah. we've been gabbing the whole time <laughs> and it's finally like, okay, we, we need to hit record. We are in my living room. So if you hear Dottie the dog on snoring in the back, there's Dottie or my squeaky chair. I happen to be in the squeaky chair. But Michael, you're here again. I am. I'm Yay. here. How are you doing? Good, good. You Excellent. know, Work gets in my way most of the time. Yeah, but I'm I'm doing good. How about you? Doing uh doing all right. Just um one day at a time, you know. Yeah. Doing okay. For for those of you, I'm not going to say too much, but Michael has had some back surgeries and um he's been dealing with that. Yeah. And you know, one of my questions to Michael earlier was, "Are you going to get back to drumming?" I mean, I have actually have not seen you play. Yeah. Ever, I don't think. I don't think I've ever seen you play. Not live. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I meant you know, in, in reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's a good question. Hopefully, the answer is yes. But you know, still dealing with uh, just taking care of some of the lingering issues. So hopefully, they can get everything worked out and figured out exactly what to do. And I'll be back on that drum throne. I don't know if I'll ever be able to carry my drums again, but. You can always have There's someone else. For yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I fully believe in power of the spoken word. So it's not, I hope, it is will. Yeah. It will happen. And so um, one of these days, uh, you'll have some old lady screaming in the audience. <laughs> ah! And they're going to look at you. Your BMA is going to say, Who the heck is that? That's Deborah. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have to say the other night I was laying in bed and I don't know if this happens to you, but I have great thoughts at night. My head just spins with thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about our final episode and I realized that my heartbeat is a drum beat. Yeah. And, and so that I had a really hard time falling asleep because all I could hear was my heart. But no wonder... To me, it was like a light bulb went on. Drums matter so much. We have this drum beat that keeps us alive. Yeah, we have an eternal pulse that are that's you know it's very rhythmic and it's got a tempo. Mm -hmm. And it, it's uh, my mother, and so it led me to another thought. My mother had an irregular heartbeat. Yeah. And so where our you know heartbeat goes boom boom, her heart would go boom 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 boom. Boom, 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 Her heartbeat was like in 6-8 or something like that. <laughs> and so then I was just thinking, no wonder it's the first instrument. No wonder 
it there's healing with it how we talked about the healing circles the drum circles yeah no wonder when you're mourning that drumming beats it up no wonder drums mean so much yeah i mean um i was just kind of verifying if what i thought was true but um your heartbeat beats essentially in a three four rhythm or six eight and that's the same as a waltz or or something that has kind of a swing to it uh and if you notice certain music that's played in that time signature people will start to sway their bodies and kind of move with that and i think that's kind of the internal clock that kind of puts them on that pendulum that allows them to kind of sway back and forth well even you know, with the babies now, you can buy these little teddy bears yeah. that have the heartbeats or, you know, it calms them to lay next to their moms or. Yeah. And, and so I, I almost texted you, which, you know, I text at weird hours, <laughs> anybody, our hearts are drumbeat, but I thought, okay, get real. Okay. Calm down. It's a little late. But then I started thinking and what's really cool is in three days on October 10th. We're recording this October 7th. But in three days on October 10th, it's Hug a Drummer Day. Really? Yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to somehow track you down okay. on the 10th. Um, so if any of our listening audience is a drummer, make sure somebody hugs you. If you know a drummer, hug them. If you don't know a drummer... Well, I could say go out to a bar and hug the drummer, but no bars are open. Oh, that's no, they're not having any light like right. dance. And oi, stuff. Oi, vey, find a drummer. Just hug somebody. Just it doesn't hug. matter. <laughs> Just hug anybody you can. That's right. Well, we I wanted to touch bases. I don't want to jump too much, but I wanted to touch bases on war drums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's another aspect. Last week we talked or last episode we talked about a lot of healing and how beautiful it is. War drums are a little bit more intense. Yeah, definitely. Um, they were they were used to threaten other armies, you know, and scare the crap out of people, and that's exactly what it did. Well, you were telling me that who was it? So yeah, this this book that I was uh, that I was reading um, talked about how the uh, the Comanches, which were mostly in Texas, um, they would. Uh, they they traveled in bands actually, mm-hmm. and so they they I don't know maybe two thousand people in a band for the Comanches, and so they they would they would wait there and they would see these, um, you know, people moving west, you know, going across mm-hmm. the the state, and um, what are they called? The Manifest Destiny, I think, is what it was yes. called. So. Yes. Um, Whenever they would run into a group of these guys, they would sit up on those hills or whatever and just bang the crap out of the drums and yell and scream. And I'm sure those men that were down there in their camps were terrified because they didn't know what was going to come after them. They probably heard stories about it. Right. You know? Yeah. And, you know, here you're sitting around a fire, Mm -hmm. you know, pitch dark in a country you don't know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... You hear these drums. Oh yeah, and you're circled by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that in, would, impending doom. Yeah, instant anxiety. Definitely, the hair on the back of your you're like, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. Well, in our country, I thought it was interesting that militias from towns and villages in colonial America used drummers to play. That, um, because that would summon the men. It would communicate, you know, in rural areas, it's time to take up arms. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the Revolutionary War drummers were used uh, to battle, you know, to signal the, to the soldiers when to fire. Yeah. And, uh, you know, could you imagine, I've been back to Gettysburg, and I don't know if you had ever been back east, but, well, you've been everywhere. Yeah, I've been yeah. Again, to think that it was really the drums that were communicating, you know, how else are they going to do it? Yeah. Um, and could you imagine here you're, you're drumming and you're in the, the smoke of war and you hear these drums going off. Okay. That means fire. That means stop. This means that I'm sure that the drummer was a target. 
Yeah, you're probably right. You know, if they could, if they could stop the communication, I mean, that's probably one of the main goals uh, mm-hmm. of of going after those guys was, would be to stop the communication. A lot of times, too, the the drums were used to keep the men uh, marching in line, mm-hmm. um, keep them in sync, kind of push them, keep them going. Um, I can only imagine what what the drummer was doing while people were trying to uh, load their their flint rifle, you know, you know, like maybe the tempos that they were playing allowed them to load their guns faster or who knows, maybe creating anxiety with the other people. Well, you know, I laugh. My husband has a couple black powers Mm -hmm. and I always, you know, people say, oh, if anything happens, I have this, you know, if anything happens here, excuse me, could you wait right there as, you know, (laughs) let's count the grains, let's, you know, ram them down. It also led me to realize how many movies I saw where the drums were the cadence for the rowers of warship. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. um, they were kind of the coxmen. If, if anybody is familiar with rowing, uh, the drummers were the coxmen. Yeah. They, they kept the tempo. They drove them. Instead of having a bullhorn, they had a drum, right? Yeah. 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 Interesting. And, and again, you feel it. Um, yeah. I'm sure sitting on the throne, you have felt this, but there have been times I have been out in the audience and I feel the drums so much in my chest mm-hmm. that it, it almost takes your breath away. Yeah. So here in war, you like with the Comanche circling or yeah. you have, you're rowing and you know, you're going into war or, you know, you're, you're being beckoned. They're emotional. The emotions that are, are almost, um, can't say genetically linked, but maybe a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Going up from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War, um, I was reading that field uh, musicians, there was also a fifer. Yeah. But drums were the main thing. And it was the daily signals telling them when to get up, when to eat, when to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. It was the telegraph. Yeah. It was, it was the thing of the, of the moment. It was the text message of its time. That's it. <laughs> huh? But only in a very specific, only at a, at a earshot distance. So, but a, a, pretty far. I wonder how far do you, or do you know how far does it, I guess it depends on how hard you hit. I think it, de- it, it, it depends on the topography too. Like if you're in a canyon, it's probably mm-hmm. going to just ring like crazy. But maybe they had, uh, you know, other garrisons or whatever set up. So, you know, one guy would hit his drum and then another drummer would faintly hear it way down the field and be in his crew yeah. and, and do the same thing. I don't know. Well, and how they used boys. Yeah. You know, and during the Civil War, it ultimately got... Yeah. Boys. Yeah. But drummers, military have always been the bull, have been young men. Yeah. Um, could you imagine? I couldn't. I couldn't imagine my nine year old son being out there playing a drum for war. But and the experiences and the things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just well. You know, a nine-year-old then experienced a lot more than our kind of coddled nine-year-old. Oh, yeah, that's for a, sure. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's um, the next series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, please don't get me falling. Um, then I had read when I was doing the research that it, they became the drum itself was kind of a banner or a flag um, with the symbols of the military unit. Yeah. It, it was kind of the mascot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. of the military unit and it was decorated with the unit's insignia coat of arms national symbols um obviously um the eagle started becoming a big yeah. deal in the united states um and that that decoration ended up coming all the way up and the drums ultimately became known as eagle drums okay yeah and so i thought that that was um, completely cool. Yeah. And then I realized we have this much time and if you can't see me, but I'm holding my hands, yeah. you know, it's a foot long and war drums was a deep rabbit hole. 
Yeah. It was every culture has them, just like the healing. Yeah. Every culture used them. Um, and then they used them differently. And then you sent me a beautiful article on talking communication and drums. And what was crazy is you said, you sent it to me and you said, read this article. And it was so well done. It's um, called Drum Sounds and Their Meanings. And it's by Mickey Hart. So kudos out to you. And they were talking about um, the drums of war and battle, the sounds of conflict. Yeah. And how it, he, his term was, it was either a dance or a fight, almost the challenge. Yeah. And I thought that that was so beautiful. I could just picture it in my head. Mickey Hart was a drummer of Grateful Dead, by the way. Really? Yeah. So he wrote the yeah. article you yeah. sent me? Mm-hmm. Well, see, there's, drummers are brilliant. What's so, up with that? <laughs> Some of them. So, um, and there is, I'm, I'm going to quote the article, and it says, Modern armies continue to march to the beat of the drum, though now the purpose of this rhythmic energy is not only to stimulate the body, but also to forge a sense of group unity. Yeah. So, again, the drums are the backbone of the band. Yeah. They're the, they're the backbone of the military. They're yeah. the backbone of the band. They're a... They're a backbone to the tune. Mm-hmm. So, again, what drives that? I mean, is it is it the the heart of it? I I, th- I think so. Just like how you you were talking about listening to your your own heartbeat, I think that plays into a lot of of drumming and allowing um, that to open up and that communication. The uh, gap can be closed with, I think, with drums for sure. Well, at least with, with the the single snare drums or whatever they were using back then, it was, uh, you know, it was the rallying cry. It was how they got pumped up. It was how they were, um, you know, like I said, told told to go to bed. And one of the things I read about was this called uh, military tattoo, and um, it was basically a way to signal the soldiers or actually the people that work in the bars, to turn off the taps. Turn off the taps, let the soldiers go back, get some rest, and go to bed. But it would be done, they, the bartenders would hear the drums playing in the distance. And, so it was called the military tattoo. Yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, dudes, turn the taps off. That, they're probably going, dang, <laughs> yeah, dang. No now, now it's, you know. Now we really want to shoot the drummer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe, yeah, exactly. Shut up. Shut up. We're still trying to drink here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another couple of things that came up in the article um, that you sent me was that uh, talking drums yeah. and drums are such a form of communication. Yeah. Um, and, and we've been talking about that the whole time, obviously, in the military but how um, in Africa that certain cultures possess really sophisticated systems of um, we're pounding on different um, gongs or wood all symbolize some type of telegraph. Yeah. You know, and it is, it carries well and it produces well. Yeah, for sure. It, it it does. I mean, they in the African culture they have a thing called the kalimba, mm-hmm. and it's 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 a percussion instrument, much like the xylophone. Uh, they have very specific uh, notes to the to this box, essentially, and um, it's it's just crazy to think how you know a lot of people wouldn't realize that percussion would be involved in pianos pianos is a percussion instrument because it has something that's striking these strings um and same with these talking drums that they have um they're actually two-headed drums um and they have all these ropes and stuff around them to to tighten up the drum head so you can change the pitch and they'll 
take this stick and they won't necessarily strike it, but they'll rub across it and it would, it would give this crazy sound and it would, it would, it would sound like it was talking. Oh, wow. Yeah. They would just, they would just rub the stick across the, the drum head. Probably goat skin is what I would imagine it being. Right. Wow. Uh, it's the, it's, um, they're almost like Morse code. Yeah. A coded system. Um, when I read that article, it made me think of there's a culture um, in Europe that whistles and, you know, the whistles mean something. Of course, my ice machine is not working, <laughs> um, but they used different whistles. Yeah. And so, you know, these drums meant different things. Yeah. I know that like um, like the Aztec. And the Mayans, I think they had like death whistles. They had like pretty specific whistles that sounded terrifying. Right. I can't, I can't describe it, but yeah, that I think that would communicate something, and it would be loud enough. And I, but you know, if if you want to get somebody's attention, hit a drum as hard as you can. You're going to get attention. Well, you know, um, when you brought up death whistle, I'm one of those that I can, you yeah. know, I put my fingers in my mouth and that's how I would call the boys. Yeah. I, that's how I get my husband out of the garage <laughs> um, for dinner. And my neighborhood now knows my whistle. <laughs> well, Deborah's whistling for dinner. Yeah. Um, Instead of the triangle, that's another percussion it, there thing. There you go. Yeah. And, but when I said that, I also thought I have a very large bell mm-hmm. on my front porch. Yeah. And I ring that, um, in memory of Andrew, yeah. um, my son that I lost, I ring it on Sunday at 4.43, mm-hmm. three times. Now, in the fire community, it to a bell in honor of the um, those lost is three sets of three. So okay. nine all the time, but I, I still just do three. And so again, it is that, that physical feeling mm-hmm. of a percussion. Yep. Yeah. That matter. You have to strike it to make it sound. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we were just talking about communication. Then the article went into how different cultures express joy um, and life and play. Uh, and and then when I read and play, all I could think of is what, do, what does a kid do when you give him something? When you're, when you, you can have an infant on your lap and no matter what you give them, they're pounding it on the table. Exactly. That's the first thing they do. They just start smacking it on the table. I wonder, did you smack in rhythm? You should ask your mother. I, I, uh, I, I would set up pots and pans and stuff and, and use her spoons and bang those. Oh my gosh. I love that. So, but this is, you know, well before cell phones and all that stuff. So taking a picture and I don't think there was ever a photo of me doing it, but. You know, that would be an interesting question. We should start, or I should start whatever, contacting all of all of the famous drummers and say, did you play Pots and Pans as a yeah. kid? You know, were you the one that your mother always took the pencil off of and said, quit, quit it. Yeah. You're making too much noise all the time. I had some teachers that would uh, tell me to stop, like, tapping on the table because I'd have, uh, you know, my pencil and I'd just be tapping it. Your inner beat. Yeah, and they're, they, could you stop doing that, Mr. Thompson? You know. So if you are listening and you have a child that has a beat, mm-hmm. um, get him some sticks and a drum set. Yeah, might as well. You never know. Yep. He could, he could be the next uh, Michael Bruce Thompson. Oh, he could be the next Ringo Starr. Which um, <laughs> is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, how... We brought up the sounds of conflict. And then I think what's kind of cool is it also brought up the drums of death. Yeah. And we were just talking before we even started. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, what is that tune that they play before an execution? So we were playing it. And it's called the execution drum roll. roll. Yeah. Can you just do it on the table? Can you do it? Maybe. And then they do a drum roll for it. <laughs> And hopefully the guy died quick. Otherwise, the drummer's arms would get real tired, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, 
Oh. <laughs> and then I was teasing Michael that um, at his funeral, may it, may I not be there, may I be yeah. long gone, uh, that we should have it played. The drummer's just going to end up throwing the sticks exactly, in yeah. the hole after yep. you. You know, drums have a power. Yeah. And then the article closes with shamans. And I had never heard um, that the drum was so important to a shaman and that they ride in, they ride drums in their beliefs. Yeah. That's spooky and scary and cool. It's out of this world. I don't know how to, I don't know what kind of drum they'd be riding, but I'm sure it's, you know, I don't know what's in their minds when they're thinking about that. Yeah. We need to ask the shaman. Do you know one? I don't. That's our next podcast. I'd want to know what there color you know. drums he's got. <laughs> well, you know, drums are a uh, crazy cool history. And I wish that maybe some at some point down the road, I want to sit and talk to a drum historian or, a, you know, to talk to a military drummer. But um, I think that's just um, down the road. Who knows? Now that I'm obsessed, and yeah. the drums are the only thing I hear in a song. <laughs> Um, I can't lay awake at night without hearing my heartbeat. Um, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. I turned you into a drummer. Yeah. Well, why don't we take a break? We'll take a minute and we'll come back okay. and we will, um, out of the Delta route, put the fall right on the floor. Voting isn't just going to the polls on election day anymore. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Democracy Works is committed to helping you vote no matter what, their How to Vote does just that. Decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. Your vote matters. You are listening to Penny University, a podcast with value. We hope you are finding this presentation entertaining. If you would like to share your two cents, please contact either Deborah or Michael at pennyuniversity at protonmail.com. That's pennyuniversity, all one word, at protonmail.com. Thank you. And now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Penny University's uh, podcast, Backbone of the Drummer. <laughs> backbone of the band, The Drummer. <laughs> oh, geez. It's getting. We late. could talk about the back. The, you know yeah. more about your backbone. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I also wanted to let you guys know, listeners, thank you um, so much for your positive comments. And But if you have questions or comments for, for Michael or myself, please uh, email us at pennyuniversity at protonmail.com. Also, if you have any ideas or suggestions for Penny University for a podcast, send those as well. We're always looking. I know Penny University is always looking for something to do. I am looking for the next one because I'm thrilled that they let me do this. And so I'm always excited about something else that comes across my desk. But again, that's Penny University, all one word, at protonmail.com. You can even um, send your comments or questions to Michael. I'll make sure that it, he gets them, and uh, we'll move on from there. I read a quote, Michael. Okay. And so I'm going to read it to you. Gotcha. Let's hear it. Here we go. 
A great drummer plays things that are extremely hard to duplicate. While there is no secret recipe for drumming greatness, a healthy combination of natural talent and dedication to hard work is necessary for the vast majority of good drummers. Going from good to great is a mystical combination of raw talent, genetics, and dedication. And that was Alex Turk, Turk, Turkovic. Mm-hmm. So you have raw talent, genetics, and dedication. What do you think about that? I, it definitely comes... It, it's, it strikes me um, in a very unique way because having genetics and having that, that professional musicians in, in my bloodline, mm-hmm. you know, it's the Todd. Well, your grandfather you know, yeah, was a musician. Yeah. Um, the, the dedication, definitely. That's, that's something that, that I constantly tell my kids. I'm like, if you want to get good at something, you have to practice. I think they, they see so much instant gratification they don't realize that these people work for years and years to make a, you know, this crazy TikTok video of somebody doing a backflip off of a building or whatever. You know, it ta- it takes years of, of of dedication. The raw talent. Um, I mean, I don't I don't know that that that's that to me is the uh, is the mystery. Well, you were pounding on your mother's pots and pans. Yeah, yeah, I was. So that genetic thing yeah during the break we were talking about people that were famous or people but they were also drummers and we never knew yeah and and what started the conversation is after i was uh, researching i came across a video of stevie wonder who is a musician extraordinaire Mm -hmm. writer singer just uh, amazing he is a freaking fabulous drummer, on my opinion. Yeah, he's great. I mean, you came into the house and I said, hey, did you know Stevie drum- Stevie Wonder was a drummer? And you're like, well, yeah, do you know this? And yeah. then you, you started yeah. throwing. Who else? Some famous people that were drummers I would have never known. Um, Marvin Gaye. He was the like original touring drummer for the Motown bands. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I heard was that um, he was a better singer than he was uh, a drummer. So and he had beautiful voice. Tragic, oh man, tragic just, man, but beautiful voice. Yeah, just just amazing. You said Mel Torme. Yeah, Mel Torme, the old jazz drummer. Um, there's footage of, of these guys too. You can you can actually see them playing like. You know, Sammy Davis Jr. watching that video of him. Well, I will put, if people go to Anchor, our landing site for uh, Backbone of the Band, The Drummer, on episode five, our final episode, I will put um, a link to these videos. So I'll put Marvin Gaye, I'll put Mel Torme, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., which I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And you also said Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson, yep. Yeah, he was, you know, he was one of those those guys that came from um, the big band era. You know, his his band director was Doc Severson, and his drummer was Ed Shaughnessy, who was just an incredible drummer. You know, mm-hmm. he always had this big drum set set up on the Johnny Carson show back in the sixties and seventies, and right. yeah, he was just awesome. Well, great, great sideburns too. Great sideburns. Well, uh-huh. um, we then we started talking, and you threw out several names. I'm going to throw them back at you. Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton. Yep. Yeah. First of all, Billy Bob—that is a name that rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, Rosie O'Donnell, and I did not believe you. Yeah. So I pulled it up and read it myself. Yeah. Fred Astaire. Yep. So I. I bet you again that beat helped him move. I bet oh, you yeah. he just moved across a drum set. Yeah. And then Steven Tyler. Yeah. From Aerosmith. Yeah. They, he, there was, I, I remember hearing a story, maybe I read it, but basically Steven Tyler and Joey Kramer, the drummer of Aerosmith, got into a fight back at the beginning, you know, because of. 
you know, having that ego and being a drummer and being the lead singer, you know, it, it's wild. They actually recently they tried to kick Joey Kramer out of the band because he had to have some surgeries and they tried to make him try out for the band again. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but they, they ended up squashing all that stuff and but it's it's just ridiculous. Well, you know, we talk a little bit about controversy and when we were talking about our list of people, yeah. we brought up Chevy Chase. Yep. And a lot of people do not realize Chevy paid for Steely Dan, yeah. And Steely Dan has your favorite yep. drummer. Yep. Yeah. Keith Carlock. Yeah. And I just can't picture Chevy Chase with sticks. I can't. I think what I read with that too was that he said that Steely Dan was a terrible jazz band. <laughs> Whoop. But I mean, he had his own career and, you know. Yeah. Well, I believe he was also a piano player, quite yeah. a piano player. And that's not his real name. Chevy? That's not his real name. Well, that makes sense. But there is a city named Chevy Chase. I think it's Connecticut. I'm not 100% positive, but I'm pretty sure that it's a town in Connecticut. Was it named after him or was he named after the... I think he was named town. after... I think It's he, a town he found. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he found Elton, Maryland. Maryland. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then that he drove through ahead. This will be a good name. Huh? Yeah. So, uh, Maryland, Chevy Chase. Um, I wonder what his real name is. You could probably look that up. The, the excitement of the iPhone, right? Oh yeah. Instant, uh, information. It could be, uh, uh, Cornelius Crane Chase. Cornelius Crane. Yep. Chase. So he went by Chevy. Hmm. Instead of Cornelius, I would have just called him Corn yeah, myself. Well, <laughs> nobody would have believed it. <laughs> um, Dana Carvey. Yes. Who I, I, the church lady playing drums? Yeah. I just can't picture it. And the the drum solo. If you see Wayne's World in the very first one, they go to the music store, and Wayne is looking at this guitar called the Excalibur or something like that, and he's going to buy it. And then they, the camera pans over to Dana Carvey and he's behind this giant Yamaha drum set and he just starts playing a drum solo and they, the lights change and everything. But it is, it's a great drum solo. It's so funny. And this guy comes up to him afterwards like, dude, that was amazing. And he just turns around and says, I like to play. That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny I though. Like Courtney Cox. Yep. Um, and because honestly, I was slightly saddened that there aren't a ton of female drummers. I mean, they exist. I'm not trying to fault that, but what, what we just named 12 men yeah. and we've yeah. got, you know, Courtney Cox. We got Jenny Jones, mm-hmm. Rosie O'Donnell, which freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know why that freaks me out. I just never would have thought that. So, and then, and I didn't want to mention her, but Tipper Gore, she, uh, she played drums, but she also tried to, uh, destroy the recording industry, which actually backfired on her completely because she wanted to bring in the parental, um, rights, putting that sticker mm-hmm. on there that said, you know, bad language or whatever. And that just made kids clamor for that music right. even this more. This is the album I want to buy. Yeah, exactly. So if you, if you want to watch those hearings, you see D. Snyder from um, Twisted Sister and you see Frank Zappa up there and they're the most articulate, well-spoken people, you know, just... Well, Frank Zappa was brilliant. Yeah. He was a philosopher. Um, he did... Was it a... a album cover I can't remember but it you can google the photo where he felt that TV was the trash can of the world it yeah. was destroying yeah. the mind of people and it's this so type in do your google search of Frank Zappa and the TV set and it's basically the TV is making your mind a trash can yeah yeah and it's he Frank Zappa was a um, He's one of my favorites. There's actually, they, they had a bunch of great drummers that played for, for him. And um, he had a, a, an infamous sheet of music called The Black Page. And it was 
this crazy drum thing. And if if you're a drummer that's going to be sight reading music and you see, you know, the sheet in front of you and it's called the black page because there's so many notes on the page that it just looks like it's black. You know, that's very intimidating for a drummer going into, you know, Frank Zappa's orchestra essentially is what he had. So Mm -hmm. or the Mothers of Invention, I believe was what they were called. Wow. Uh, Justin Bieber. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we have, and, and I put a star all around her in my notes, Viola Smith. Yes. She's 108 years old. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, when I read about her, I thought she's got to be dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I no, she's still alive. Yeah. And playing. They said she's the oldest living mainstream musician that's still alive. <laughs> she, her, her career, they said, went from 1920s to the 70s, but she's still, if you live out in Costa Mesa, California, you might be able to catch her play, playing. playing with the band. Not right now, but hopefully soon. Yeah. And so here, I mean, there are some famous female drummers, um, you know, not... But here, the longest playing um, drummer, yeah, a lot is a female. Yep. So, woo, woo, yep. to Viola. That's where those genetics come into play and dedication and raw talent. Look at all. <laughs> raw talent, yeah. Boy, genetics on that one. She's got the mystical combination. <laughs> no kidding. That it's 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 great to to hear that though. I'd love to meet her. Oh, I bet she's got some amazing stories. Could you imagine what she has seen and the changes that she has seen in the music industry? Oh, yeah. I mean, just just with the um, the technology of the drums, like what they look like back in the 1920s mm-hmm. compared to what they look like now are mm-hmm. just completely different, you know? Or even how did a woman in that time get started? Um, how did her parents yeah. allow it? Yeah. Um, you know, places where bands played were not always female friendly, mm-hmm. but she's going in with the, ba- I mean, oh, yeah, she would be brilliant to speak with. Yeah. That would just, the history with her would be just amazing. She's probably got really calloused hands too. You think? Yeah. Why not? If she's a drummer, she's probably sitting in her house and bored to death and she's tr- probably doing the, the, yeah. the little tap. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Well, Michael. Yeah. I have we beaten this to death. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I honestly think um, it, like you said, it's a rabbit hole. Um, yeah. There, it could go so many different directions. Um, you know, just doing this podcast with you and looking up stuff that I didn't necessarily know as being a drummer, seeing. Um, seeing those different things and kind of opening up my eyes even more mm-hmm. and, and, and feeling more part of that tribe of being a drummer, you know, it's, uh, it, it was eye opening and, uh, it was special and I loved it. Thank you very much for allowing me to, to, to do this with you. Well, you know, um, those of you that don't hear us off the air, I'm constantly trying to figure out what else I can bring. Michael. <laughs> let's do this Michael let's do that oh Michael I thought this was going to be so basic and frivolous Mm -hmm. I really really did and it was from the moment you said okay and I thought okay I better do a little bit of research and you came into my living room that oh my gosh this is so much more and it is just scratching the surface on war drums, communication drums, healing drums, um, marching band drums, um, drummers themselves. Yeah. uh, You know, it's, uh, it's a different way to listen to music now. Um, and how, when I've done my research or when I've talked to you or when I've talked to other drummers, there is a passion that is not touched by a, a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, 
And maybe it is that genetics, that heartbeat. I think so. I think the other thing is too, is that drums are a very kind of solitaire instrument, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. you can have two guitar players in a band or two, you know, you have one bass player, but you can have multiple keyboards, um, multiple trumpets and stuff. But with the drums, it's typically like you get your drummer and you have a percussionist maybe occasionally. Mm -hmm. But um, I think drummers are just so just in their head all the time mm -hmm. that, you know, the only way they can express it is by beating on something. You know what? Maybe the next podcast I'll have to pitch it is conversations between shows. Yeah. You know, because we've had some wonderful, we have certainly talked about wildland fire, yeah. especially during this season. Um, California was just, they just announced today, which we're not surprised by. It is the largest fire that's burning there yeah. in history. Yeah. Um, so we, we talk about all of the wildland fire. Then we talk about, um, you know, our good friends tattooing and roller derby yeah. and, you know, so maybe that's the next one. But I think drumming will always somehow thread through it. Yeah, I think you can always make a connection. Like it's like that seven degrees of Kevin Bacon type stuff, you know? And I will tell you, I work with a lot of young women at, at the library. I'm working in a library. And I was telling them about seven degrees from Kevin Bacon. They're going, <laughs> no. And I said, I'm dead freaking serious. <laughs> so we pulled it up. And every once in a while, they'll yell at me, what about? Yeah. We have not found one yet. <laughs> and it's hysterical. Uh, I guess you could say Deborah Finkston. I don't believe I'm seven degrees from Kevin Bacon. I wouldn't mind it, though. That yeah. would be pretty, pretty freaking awesome. He is awesome. He is also a musician. Yeah. What does he play? Guitar? Does he play drums? I don't know. He probably has yeah. played drums before. Well, Kevin, if you're out there, I know you and your brother have a band. Mm -hmm. um, contact. Is it the University. Kevin Bacon band? I don't know what his what their band's called. I don't think it is called I, Kevin if, Bacon. If I was him, Kevin, if you're listening, I would change your name to, to the band and call it Bacon, Bacon. Bits. Bacon. <laughs> well, I'm, okay, we're good. Or Bacon Hits. Instead of Bits, it's Hits. Bacon Hits. Bacon Hits. Yeah. So I'm looking it up, typing as fast as I can. Um, it is called the Bacon Brothers. Okay. So there you go. So I wonder what he plays. We'll have to look that up. All right. Michael, it has been amazing and it has been a blast. And thank you so much for coming into my living room, putting up with Stinky Dottie, putting up with all of my questions. Um, Through COVID. Through COVID. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, our scheduling has been bizarre. Um, I thank you for putting up with my early morning texts and um, just always answering honestly and truthfully and being a good friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And give a hug to your wife for letting you be out late. I'll, I'll make, I'll, I'll wait on that. I'll see if she actually gives me a hug on the 10th of October. So yes, yeah. please. Yes. National Hug a Drummer Day. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Penny University's backbone of the band, The Drummer. And contact us, and hopefully you will hear the next series from Penny University. Um, look up Michael Bruce Thompson. Yeah. And enjoy his music. Remember, every song on this series is music from you. Cool. Listen to it as we go out. Yeah. Thanks. Bye, Michael. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Penny University. Please join us again for the next episode in this fun series. You can also head over to our Facebook page. Please like us and share with your friends and family. We hope you found us a podcast with value. Until next episode, be strong, wise, and safe.
a noise The company can sell its lies The lawyers reason wrong Music is the blood of love The sacrament is song